Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Norm, and I would like to welcome you back to episode 14 of the Evangelical Norm, Faith and Beliefs Refuted. So today we are going to jump in, and David is going to continue on with the uh, plan of salvation. Uh, He talked about the pre-existence last time. Now he's going to talk about what happens after death. And so we will, as usual, we'll let him talk. I will pause when need to and interject, uh, talking about what is actually biblical, what is not. Again, not refuting that any of this is what the Mormons believe, unless it comes out that it's just an outright lie, whatever he says. And then we'll point that out. So, without further ado, we'll probably get our, uh, you know, ad. Oh, no. No ad. Nice. Oh, hello there. Welcome back to the Faith and Belief segment of the show. Today we're going to cover another chunk of the plan of salvation, or God's plan to help us get back home to Him. If you haven't seen the video covering the first chunk of the plan of salvation, watch it. Stop watching this. There's a link to part one in the description. If you don't watch that one first, this one isn't going to make as much sense. As for the rest of us, let's do this. Wouldn't make any more sense whether you watch it or not. In the last video, we covered pre-mortal existence and we covered the importance of Jesus Christ in God's plan. In this video, we're going to cover what the gospel of Jesus Christ is, the purpose of life, and what happens to us after we die. Alright, essentially the gospel of Jesus Christ is composed of Christ's teachings and atonement. Patterning our lives based on His gospel prepares us to inherit the gift of eternal life. If we were to summarize the gospel in five points, they'd be, we need to have faith in Jesus Christ, We need to show that faith by repenting of our sins. We need to follow Christ's example and be baptized. And following baptism, we need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands. Finally, we've got to hang in there. We've got to keep trying, keep repenting, keep following Christ throughout our lives. We call this enduring to the end. We call that works is ultimately what it is. Um, Let's talk about what the gospel really is. Let's talk about what the gospel is biblically. It's not the culmination of teachings and so on. It's not rules. It's not the gospel. It's not, um, trying to think of what the word is. It's, it's not a formula. Yeah, it's not, it's not a formula. I mean, the gospel is simply put, it's the good news. That's what the word means. The word gospel means good news. It is the good news. Well, for the good news to make some sense, we got to have the bad news. So here it is. In a quick nutshell, what is the gospel according to the Bible, according to mainstream uh, biblical Christianity? And it is simply this. Man is a sinner. We are born sinful because Adam and Eve rebelled. Sin is in the world and we are born in sin. We are born with sin. We are natural sinners. If you don't believe me, Go watch, go step into a church nursery and look at those little kids. No one taught them how to lie, be selfish, any of the things, the sinful things that they do. But every single one of them is a little sinner steeped in sin and selfishness and pride and all these things. So we are sinners in need of a Savior. Jesus Christ came, God in the flesh, incarnate God, went to the cross and took upon himself the punishment that we deserved 
when he deserved none of it because he lived a perfect life. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus in the exchange between us and him, when he takes our sin and nails it, our record of sin and nails it to the cross, he gives us his, his perfect righteousness when we repent and put our faith and our trust in his works and not in our own. Jesus did all the work. Every work that we need to be saved was done by Christ on the cross. Not in the Garden of Gethsemane, not in anything else. Our, our, our salvation is not found in baptism or any of those things. We, again, we have the thief on the cross who was never baptized. And we, there is no baptism for the dead. The Bible makes it very clear that it is appointed once for man to die and then judgment. The scripture that is taken out of context that points to baptisms for the dead is actually Paul rebuking those who baptize, not necessarily rebuking, but there are those who don't believe in the resurrection. He says, if you don't even believe in the resurrection, then why are they baptized for the dead? He's making a point that we don't baptize for the dead. Christians do not. These other, this other group did, that did not believe in the resurrection. So, ultimately, in a, in a nutshell, that's the gospel. That Jesus came, died, paid the penalty for our sin, and if we repent and put our trust in his work and his work alone, then we will be saved. That's the gospel. In a nutshell, learning, living, and finding happiness in the gospel of Jesus Christ is the purpose of life. It's not 42, as some would have you believe. That's life, no, and then you not. die. But this is where things get interesting and a lot of different opinions arise. What happens next? This is where things get heretical. Here's what Latter-day Saints believe. Your body goes six feet under. Your spirit, however, goes to a sort of spiritual waiting room we simply call the spirit world. Is this what happens when you die? It's not on a different world. It's still here. You just can't see it. Call it a different dimension if you want to get really weird about it. Anyway, what are you waiting for in this waiting room? The resurrection and final judgment. The spirit world is not heaven and hell in the sense that it's your eternal resting place, but it is separated into a sort of spiritual prison for the wicked and a spiritual paradise for the righteous. The wicked that reject Christ's atonement will have to pay for their own sins in this spirit prison. In that sense, this will be a temporary hell. Now, you'll remember that according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need to be baptized. Well, what happens to the billions of people who die without even hearing about this Jesus Christ guy? Is it fair that they just... Before he gets into baptisms for the dead, let's talk about what he just said in the fact of uh, the the spirit prison and so on. We do see scripturally that when we die, there is a Peter uh, refers to a prison, and we know there's a paradise according to Jesus and the parable of the rich man and Lazarus in Luke 16. So we recognize this. This is, and then Jesus talks about in Revelation, it talks about uh, Hades being the grave being cast into the lake of fire. So those who are not saved, uh, there will be a final judgment, and those, and Jesus is going to separate the sheep from the goats. Um, and those who died and were saved will live eternally with Christ. And those who were not, who died and went to this 
prison or whatever will be cast into the lake of fire. Judgment is, and it's not going to change based on what he's going to talk about here in a moment. Get sent straight to hell. Latter-day Saints believe that the righteous spirits in the spirit world will preach the gospel to those who didn't get to hear it in their lives. Meanwhile, in Latter-day Saint temples here in mortality, we do baptisms in behalf of deceased ancestors that they will have the opportunity to accept or reject in the spirit world once they hear the gospel. Pretty sweet, eh? Okay. <laughs> One, why would you even throw in the, the, the concept of rejecting? Once we die and we see and, there, and, and if there was an opportunity to be saved after we die when we know what is true, why would anyone not? That makes absolutely no sense, especially given your idea of a pre-mortal existence that we knew God and we were there. And then when we die and we see everything again, why wouldn't anybody reject that? It, it makes no sense. And it's also, we're going to let him go on a little bit and then we're going to get into the meat of why this is, is not biblical and why this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Anyway, eventually the world we live in is going to go to crap, and Christ will come again. This event marks the beginning of something Latter-day Saints call the Millennium, which you can read about in Revelation 20, but it deserves its own episode, so we're going to skip straight to the resurrection. Everyone that ever lived Excuse on me. earth, wicked or righteous, will be resurrected. After death, we'll get our physical bodies back, but this time they'll be immortal and perfected like Christ's body. If you've got muscular dystrophy, you won't have it after the resurrection. If you've got diabetes, it'll be gone. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with mesothelioma, you won't have to worry about that. What you will have to worry about is the final judgment, which is what happens next. You will be judged based on your choices, actions, thoughts, intentions, circumstances, chemistry, the challenges you face in mortality. Everything will be taken into account at the judgment. In every sect of Christianity I can think of, you'll be judged and either sent to heaven or hell. Latter-day Saint doctrine is slightly different and much more merciful in my opinion. Now here in, okay, we, we are gonna, people are gonna be resurrected. There is gonna be a final judgment. Those who did not accept Christ are going to be judged based on their works and all the things that they did. And every one of those people is going to fall because they cannot stand on their own. And, and justice will be served. God, who is a perfect judge, will cast those people into hell. And everyone who repented and put their faith in Christ is going to be judged on Christ's work and what Christ did on their behalf. And those are the ones that will be saved. That's biblical. He's going to get into some really crazy stuff. And again, I'll explain what the problem is with it once he's done. We believe in three tiers or kingdoms of heaven. Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ live in the celestial kingdom. This is where the righteous who accepted Christ and his gospel will go. Next is the terrestrial kingdom. People that were honorable but were blinded by the craftiness of men or people, even Latter-day Saints, who were not valiant in the testimony of Jesus during their lives will go here. The last kingdom is the telestial kingdom. Those that both rejected Christ and chose wickedness in this life will go here. So here, now, here is an issue. You've got only the good Mormons get to go to the celestial kingdom. The bad Mormons and the rest of the, you know, okay, good people, blah, blah, blah. 
But again, let's go back to what Jesus supposedly said to Joseph Smith in the first vision. Every other religion is false. Their creeds are an abomination and the professors of which are corrupt. That doesn't sound like what you would refer to as honorable or anything that he's talking about. So that would mean only the non-valiant Mormons, Jag Mormons or so on, would really be the only ones that could get to the second level of heaven, the telestial kingdom, or the terrestrial kingdom. And then, of course, you have the telestial kingdom, which is, again, he's going to call it a mental hell because you didn't do as well as you could. But understand what the Mormon teaching of this means. Adolf Hitler, Ted Bundy, uh, every other serial killer, Jeffrey Dahmer, um, you know, you name it, axe murderers and so on, with no repentance. Mind you, it does not require repentance to get to this level of heaven. This is uh, everyone else goes, except, and then he's going to talk about the last group, and I'll let him go on. But again, here is, there's a, a complete and total lack of justice in the Mormon plan of salvation because everybody goes to heaven. Think about it. The men who flew planes into the World Trade Center will get to one level of heaven or another, the celestial kingdom, and they will enjoy that and not pay for their sins in eternity. It's not hell in the sense of being filled with fire and brimstone, but it is hell in the sense of knowing you failed to fulfill your potential and chose evil over good. You were the chosen one! There will be suffering here, but it is still a kingdom of glory. Then, of course, there's a place we just call... So if it's a kingdom of glory, how is there suffering? I would like to have somebody explain to me how this kingdom of glory, heaven, one level of heaven, the bottom level of heaven, is, uh, is a place of suffering. And then we're going to talk about his, what he's going to talk about here in just a minute, if I can find the um, section here. There we go. Got it. Outer darkness where Satan and his angels will go, which we don't know much about. There's also a tiny group of people who will qualify as sons of perdition, but it doesn't apply to me, you, or most of humanity, so we're skipping that too. Okay, so... There, he's going to skip it. We should really take a look at what this means. Uh, Bruce McConkie's uh, Mormon Doctrine. We are going to read what he says is a set of perdition. Lucifer is perdition. He became such by open rebellion against the truth. Against the truth. A rebellion in the face of light and knowledge. Although he knew God and had been taught the provision of the plan of salvation, he defied the Lord and sought to enthrone himself in the Lord, with the Lord's power. He thus committed an unpardonable sin. In rebellion with him were one-third of the spirit hosts of heaven. Those were also, these all were thus followers of perdition, or in other words, sons of perdition. They were denied bodies, were cast out into the earth, and, we, and thus came the devil and his angels, a great host, the son of sons of perdition. 
those in this life who gain a perfect knowledge of the divinity of the gospel cause, a knowledge that comes only by revelation of the Holy Ghost, and then who link themselves with Lucifer and come out in open rebellion, also become sons of perdition. Their destiny following their resurrection is to be cast out with the devil and his angels to inherit the same kingdom in a state where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Uh, so, um, basically what this says, to gain a perfect knowledge of the divinity of the gospel cause, a knowledge that comes only by revelation from the Holy Ghost, and who then leak themselves, this essentially is those who were Mormon and rejected it. Because here's the deal. I would qualify as a son of perdition because I had a burning in the bosom. I had the revelation from the Holy Ghost that the Mormon church was true. And then when I looked at the evidence, I rejected it and I walked away. I would be classified as a son of perdition. So keep this in mind. Your average murderous axe murderer guy. I had a conversation with an LDS guy about this one time. The guy that walks out and walks onto a bus with an axe and murders a whole bunch of people gets into the celestial kingdom. Norm, who saw the evidence of the falseness of the of the, the LDS church, is going to be cast into outer darkness with Satan and his, his demons because I rejected the truth. And it gives a bunch of scriptures and and one of these, and I don't have the time to look it up, I probably should have looked it up before, but states that only those men who held the priesthood and rejected it will be. And that's how I learned what a set of perdition was. And so again, I qualify because I held the Mormon priesthood. I renounced the Mormon priesthood. I recognized that it was wrong. And so I get to be cast in the outer darkness with Satan and his demons. And then, you know, everybody else, murderers and adulterers and so on, get to go to the lowest level of heaven, the celestial kingdom. There's a severe lack of justice in the Mormon plan of salvation. God is not a just judge according to the Mormon plan of salvation because he ignores sin when he said that there, throughout scripture we see that there is no salvation without repentance. But yet there is in the Mormon church. The point is, aim for the celestial kingdom. That's where God is. That's where families can be together forever. That's where we get to spend eternity learning at God's feet. Not if you get to become gods. This again, here's the other thing. The pinnacle of Mormon theology of the plan of salvation is exaltation and becoming gods and goddesses over your own planet. How are families together forever in the celestial kingdom if they're all spread out over the galaxy with their own planets? Again, this is a, a question that no one in the Mormon church has been able to answer adequately for me. I would like to have an answer to that. How are families together for eternity if they're spread out across the galaxy and the universe running their own planets and, and populating their own planets? And that's the plan of salvation. It's a perfect plan. It's just. It's merciful. It's beautiful. I believe it's true. You don't have to if you don't want to. If you have questions, shoot us an email or comment below. Check out the links in the description for more on this topic. The end. It's not just. That's the problem, is there's no justice 
in the Mormon plan of salvation. God is is uh, a bad judge. He lets those who have murdered and essentially go by go, allowing them into one level of heaven or another, um, the lowest level of heaven, but there is no punishment for sin. The LDS plan of salvation completely lacks justice and it changes the nature and the character of God from a perfect, holy, righteous judge to one that turns his back on sin and allows everybody, except those who rejected uh, some sort of priesthood, um, to be allowed into heaven. So, there you have it. After what happens after death according to the Mormon church and what truly happens after death according to the Bible and Christianity. So, I hope again, I hope this is helpful. Um, uh, if you have any questions, whatever, leave them in the comments below. If this was helpful to you, like the, the video, share the video, subscribe to the page. I'd love to have a few more subscribers. Um, share it and uh, let me know what you think in the comments. And so, as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They are necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.